Remember, all thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar is one you should be looking for. We've got our man Alex Diminor in action tonight up against Novak Djokovic. How does he go? Let's ask the expert. Brett Phillips is on the line. G'day, BP. Oh, good morning, team. Uh, we've turned the page into the, uh, the second week. Uh, unbelievable. I don't know where the first week's gone. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, not only the top we're, seed's not well. Oh, I was saying not only where's the first week's gone, but where's all the Aussies gone? Now, Alex has left tonight. What hope do you give him against Novak Djokovic? Well, I'm the optimist. I like to be the glass half full, uh, Jimmy. And look, Novak Djokovic is just an interesting watch. Depends who you talk to in the corridors. It's really, it's sort of black and white. Those who actually genuinely believe he's injured. And there are others who just say, come on. He's feigning it. He's playing mind games. He's okay. He'll push through. He's a bit of a drama queen. And all these theatrics going out on court. Um, he, you know, when, when you think back, uh, and there's always the comparisons. So every time we talk, we compare the three. Yep. And he shows his emotions mm. in, and we, we learnt this at a pretty young age, Djokovic. He shows his emotions in a different way out on court, you know, compared to Federer, compared to Nadal. Look, no one knows... Uh, anyone's body clearly uh, but the person themselves um, we've watched so carefully his matches uh, I mean clearly he looks impeded to a degree but to what degree we don't know he's keeping things guarded he's still here he's still uh, pushing himself to the limits <laughs> you know so if that if, if that all that's the case then clearly you know he, he goes in as the hot favorite uh, tonight but you know I, I just love the way Alex is playing I hope he looks at this as a real opportunity because he wants to grow as well. He doesn't want to be fourth round every major and bowing out. He wants to be, you know, beating the big guys. But look, on paper, it does look like a big task if Djokovic is on song. Um, we'll wait and see. We uh, we will be hoping. Um, but you know, Djokovic, you know, clearly has got the tools, so it's going to be very hard to um, bring down. Brett, if he does get through, does the path then become a lot easier given how many people we've seen fall early in the week? And even Sitsipas last night, I mean, even he struggled. Mm. Yeah, well, his openings, uh, Giselle, no, no doubt about that. I mean, this is a, it's, when you look at the, what's left in the draw, there are absolute openings. I mean, if, if he did win, he'd take on the winner of Andre Rublev or Holger Rune. I mean, that's going to be a great battle during the day today. Um, you know, Rublev's a top 10 player, Rune is as well. So, you know, that, that would be tough either way, uh, that matchup. But it's that, it's that bottom half. If he, um, if he managed to, uh, you know, get through uh, Ben Shelton, JJ Wolf, the two Americans today, they're in uncharted waters. Tommy Paul and other Americans in uncharted waters. Uh, the one left there is Roberto Bautista Good, the veteran Spaniard, 34, who's, you know, obviously been to a semi-final at Wimbledon and he, he knows about being in the second week of a major. Um, and then you look at you look at the, the other side, you know, Seb Corder, uh, what a brilliant performance last night. Karen Hutchinov, Yuri Lehechka, the 71st placed, uh, 71st ranked player in the world. Uh, he has never been this far before. Um, yeah, since he passes, you mentioned, getting through a tough five set last night. So, yeah, there's little openings. I mean, you know, we always think of Alex uh, in a sense of being, uh, you know, not, you know not, not as big a hitter as a lot of these guys who can only go so far. But if he brings his assets, I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, he needs probably a little bit of luck. Uh, but, you know, there's no Nadal uh, out of the picture. 
Uh, there's no Casper Root at the top there. There's a few that have fallen by the wayside, Medvedev, but there's still, geez, some good competition. Uh, I want to ask you about the uh, Oz Open scheduling. Novak Djokovic has come out and added a little weight to what Andy Murray said uh, a while ago. This is something that's been around with the Australian Open. Not necessarily just about the time of day that they play, but the time of year that they play as well. Is there an easy solution to this, BP? Not, not the time of year, I don't think. No. I mean, that, that, would mean that, you, that would mean that you'd have to just uh, start all over again and map out a calendar uh, and start from scratch. But when, when, when do you have it in Australia? Mm. Um, I mean, look, in an ideal world, I can certainly understand the tennis players coming off a long season just wanting to ease their way in. You know, let's think about it in you know, rugby league or footy. You know, get into round one, round two. You don't want to be, you know, playing um, your, your, your final series, yes. so to speak, uh, so early. You're building up to it. So ideally, uh, you know, March would be perfect where Indian Wells and Miami is. But that doesn't fit. Australia, clearly, it doesn't fit Melbourne. I mean, you know, school holidays are not really existent at that time. Footy's back. There's no clear window for tennis. Um, so, look, it, it certainly suits us uh, perfectly. I think it's the other end. They've got to somehow shorten the season, Jimmy. That, that's, you know, say to the players, you're going to get two months off. Yep. We're going to finish at the end of October. Uh, and, and because at the end of the day, those, the, November is full of, you know, ATP finals, next-gen finals, I mean, those things could be somehow manoeuvred into other parts of the year, perhaps. So I think that, that somehow they've got to find a solution to that. Mm. What about the, the time of day, though? What about the, the 4 a.m. finishes? Yeah. Well, it's not ideal. I mean, like I left uh, last night after Sitsi passed dinner, and Azarenka and her um, opponent to Sue from China didn't get on till about 11.30, 11.45. And my eyelids got the better of me. I woke up this morning. It's gone two hours and 41 minutes, uh, that match. Wow. So that's finished at, you know, 2 a.m. this morning. Yep. Look, you know, certainly, I mean, you, you could start the day at 10 o'clock and maybe start the night, night sessions at 6. Now, with Channel 9 spending, you know, a hell of a lot to pay for the rights, I imagine they don't want to um, interrupt their news service, always traditionally at 6. You know, prime time, people getting home from work, let's start the night session at 7, uh, 7.30. Or maybe you just schedule, um, you know, one major match and have the capacity to move that second match, perhaps. Like last night, if it got to, knowing that uh, you know, Sinner was coming back, you know, do you move Azarenka onto Margaret Court Arena next door? You know, who's going to be around that? That's, I mean, there's a lot, it's, it's, not, it's complex. Yes. Um, but I think, I think they, could, they could jiggle with the schedule in terms of how many day matches compared to how many uh, night matches and try and finish at a civilised hour. But it's a unique part about tennis. That there's no clock on the match. It's just how long it goes. Uh, Brett, we've got a text here from the Brisbane Eel. It says, morning, Jimmy and J.A. What does BP think about the Netflix curse now that Felix is out? <laughs> well, yeah, it's been going around the Australian Open all week. Uh, it's become a story. Uh, it's just quite ironic, um, really. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. All the, the main characters, uh, yeah, getting knocked out as we enter the, uh, the, the second week. Well, yeah, it's certainly there. But, I mean, it just goes to show the level of competition. I, I just think it's you know, on the men's and the women's side, it's a it's a bigger conversation, certainly with the men now, 
the women's has always been wide open uh, for quite some time. You know, we lose the, the number one yesterday, Niga Sviontek, so that, that's blown the field right open. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a Netflix curse. I'm trying to actually get through the five episodes, but uh, by the time I get home, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty cooked. So I'll have to catch up on that after the Australian Open, I think. Yes, I totally understand that. Over the weekend, we had the retirement uh, confirmation from Sam Stoza, of course, Winner of the 2011 US Open, beat Serena in New York. Quite extraordinary. Where do we sit with the the well, two decade long career of Sam Stoza, BP? Yeah, I'd be keen to you know just hear from tennis fans because I think everyone would have um, a, a different view. So yeah, I think everyone associates Sam with her not performing in Australia, which is a little unfair. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, never played her best here. Did she feel the pressure? Probably that's part of it. Um, was she totally prepared, ready to go for an Aussie summer? It doesn't suit everyone. Um, and once upon a time, she was, you know, this, you know, really great clay quarter. I mean, she was the first really to bring in the kick serve. She's won a Grand Slam. She's been number one in doubles, um, won multiple doubles Grand Slams. You know, she's been top ten in the world, I and mean, she's ticked a lot of boxes in professional tennis. And you know, played across all the disciplines, uh, mixed doubles, um, doubles and singles. And really was our leading player there for uh, for quite some time. So I think she can walk away extremely proud of her career because if you achieve the numbers, the amount of match wins, and you know, not everyone's just going to win uh, you know, Grand Slam titles. They're extremely hard to win. If you win one in your life, that's uh, oh. that, that is something pretty special. So I, I, as I said, I, I think I don't know if I said on your show, Jimmy, but I said last week that I think maybe her legacy, best legacy, is still to come with Ash Barty in developing our women here in Australia because the cupboard wow. is quite frank extremely bare yeah yeah well there's a there's a whole other interview around what, why and um, the, the outcomes that are there I want to take you to a, a, an article in the News Limited Press over the weekend around the cheating and the gambling allegations and suspensions that have come through tennis timing very interesting BP on that one but it was a bit of a shock as I read through it and, and, and the number of people who've been um, either banned for life or, or suspended for uh, amounts of time. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I haven't read the latest article, but uh, this historically goes uh, goes back uh, quite a bit. And, and the issue has always been that the the prize money at the lower end of tennis um, yes. hasn't really moved for the best part of you know a couple of decades. I mean, I know the the tier down from the ATP tour, the ATP Challenger, is putting a hell of a lot more money into the tour to give more players a chance to actually make a living out of the sport. This is how desperate. Um, some players can become. If you're stuck between, let's say, you know, 300 in the world down to 1,000 in the world, it's it is really really tough going, and uh, you know, desperate measures at times. But obviously, tennis has brought in their own integrity unit, and are really on top of this, uh, there's there's a hell of a lot of matches going on every single day of the year. It's a, you know, a bit like a horse race. It just doesn't stop. Yep. Uh, the world of tennis, and yeah, it's obviously. Um, yeah, been some pretty stiff bans that have been handed out, but that, that's the issue for tennis. They've got to try and get more people making a, uh, making a living out of the sport rather than just uh, you know a hundred players on both the men's and the women's side. Yeah, really interesting the way that that plays out. BP, uh, you've had another massive night. You've got another one coming up. Go the Demon tonight. Mm. Let's hope you can yes. get it done, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting tomorrow. Indeed, thank you, Jen. thank you, team. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, BP there, thanks to Kia, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever created. Yes, he did, Port Macquarie Pearl. Uh, We'll get to that very shortly. 
Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.